Good evening and welcome to the news hour. For thousands of people in California, the punishing cleanup from back-to-back -back blizzards goes on tonight amid mountains of snow. Winter in the California mountains has turned out to be more like a natural disaster, especially east of Los Angeles. William Brangham has our report. As snow continues to blanket various parts of California, residents are still trying to find ways to get out from under it. Patricia Derleth lives in a mobile home complex in the San Bernardino Mountains, where at least 10 feet of snow has fallen. This place is a disaster zone. Many people are just emerging for the first time in days, inching their way through dugout paths. Some have to trek long distances just to get necessities like food and medicine. You have the top 1% owning more wealth than the bottom 92%. Wow. And during the pandemic, what you saw is while working people went to work and died, mm -hmm. keeping the economy going, billionaires became much richer. And in America today, a lot of people don't know this, over 60% of our people are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that phrase resonates sure. here. Mm -hmm. yes. It means they go to work, they come back, they got nothing. People can't afford housing, they can't afford childcare. So Bernie, should these multi-billionaires be forced to share the wealth? Is that your frustration? Damn right they should. And I think we have got to say, look, you work How? hard. Uh, one, one second. You work hard. You start a business, you make money, fine, become rich. But there's got to be a limit. Do you really need $50 billion, $100 billion? Where are you going to spend that money? How many homes, how many islands are you going to own? So, you know, people work hard. Would you hard. tax them? Would you get Absolutely. Money back them? I mean, we should have a progressive tax system which says to billionaires, you're going to pay your fair share of taxes. In my own view, to be honest with you, may sound radical. I don't think we need billionaires. You want to be rich? That's fine. Take good care of your family. Buy five homes. But you don't need 50 homes. Is this Trump's GOP? I think that the America First agenda and the people who are behind America First are really committed to putting America first, not Trump first, not Vivek first, it's America first. And what I saw there, I mean, I gave a speech, we got five standing ovations in the middle of the speech. There's also a little funny little secret I learned, Stuart. I'm new to this as an outsider. One of the things you see as an outsider is how corrupt this system is. You know something funny about this? I've attended CPAC before, I didn't know it works this way. A consultant calls my campaign shortly after I declare and says, hey, we can get you up to number two on there if you pay a few hundred thousand dollars. Really? I was shocked. You know, and, and I mean, you know what? There's a lot of people who are making money, on, not only off of me, but off of every presidential campaign. This will probably be not only the most expensive presidential campaign, the one that people in the industry, it's politics and industry, people make so much money off of this that one of the things I'm going to be doing throughout this campaign is exposing it. Because you know what? I didn't get to where I am by actually just getting exploited. And I think the American people actually deserve to see the sausage getting made. Now, your husband is 80 years old mm -hmm. if he wins a second term he would be 82 at inauguration. What do you say to those people who say maybe he's too old to be president? Are those fair questions and conversations to be having? I say, look at what he's done. You know, look at what he's doing. Look at how um, physically he's got the good bill of health from the doctors to his physicals. But how many 30-year-olds could travel to Poland, get on the train, go nine more hours, go to Ukraine, meet with President Zelensky. Morning, his energy level, his level of passion. So look at the man, look what he's doing. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies, 
and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight, now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth, and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such a program, but because our democracy depends on it. Thanks, Ray. Last night, Tucker Carlson cherry-picked video surveillance from the January 6th insurrection, severely downplaying the events of that day. Uh, he said the mob was orderly and meek and that they were tourists instead of insurrectionists. What's your response to Carlson and to Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who granted him access to that video? Um, anybody who watched that video would strongly disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a with their own eyes in a real way and saw what happened on that day would, would disagree with what was just stated. Um, the president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. We believe DC should be a statehood. I mean, we've been very clear. The president has been very clear. Again, DC is not a state, it's not a city. Uh, the reason why this bill was coming bef before the president is because that is the case, right? It's not a state, it's not a city. So doesn't mean that it stops our support for uh, their statehood. In fact, I'm gonna share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it, now I can. <laughs> Unregulated podcast. This is episode number 123. Here on a chilly Wednesday afternoon, March 8th, in the AEA studios. I'm your co host, Tom Pyle. And I'm confused. <laughs> so the Buffalo Sabres are fighting, clawing, digging for a playoff spot. And, and edged further away from it last night in a devastating loss to your New York Islanders. No, I don't mind New York Islanders. I putting them the six points away from not making the playoffs for now what will be the longest active playoff drought in the history of the NHL, which currently stands at 11 seasons. Really? 11 years since the Sabres like, went to the now, playoffs? This, it's not... Hard to make the playoffs. Seriously, like 30, in the national, there's 36 teams and like 38 go to the playoffs, league. and it's increasingly becoming not hard to make the playoffs in Major League Baseball again, which makes this particularly tough. And, and of course, much like our beloved Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabers have not won a Stanley Cup, though they have made it twice, and that song. Is the jinx it was way back in 1984 when we at one at one time I think it's happened maybe once or twice since where we had Stanley Cup fever. 
I don't understand. So I am pulling for you guys to make the playoffs to at least end the drought. I hear I, I haven't been following them, but I hear from my cousin Joe that they're actually on the way up. But you really can't go f- much lower. So well, you got fifteen. You got fifteen, I, fifteen <laughs> games left. You know you probably no. There's not that many. It was probably no, we're about down, 15. We're, yeah, well, they Well, yeah, maybe so, not 15. So the maybe Islanders are their big – the Penguins and the Islanders are sort of their big the – big, the, there's games between these three teams, and the winners of these games will determine whether or not – And the losers will go home. The Sabres can make it. So onward, Buffalo. Hope you can make it. I'm All on. right. Um, I'm a Rangers all, Moving fan, to so. the West Coast moving, where there's yes. ironically also quite a bit of snow happening. Yeah, San Bernardino Mountains got crushed, yeah. man. This is the storm of storms. These storms, they're just keep they just keep coming and coming and coming. There's all these like cold fronts that are swooping down and dumping snow and dumping rain in California to the point now where 13 counties uh, are state uh, declared a state of emergency. I assume they're all in the they're all on the on the mountain range, yes, right, uh, up and down, right through the mountains. But here's the interesting thing: the uh, snowpack levels are at like 130, no, 180 percent, yeah, of what they normally are. Yeah. Right. So all this talk about drought and how like California is the sort of the new normal. And of course, they say, well, you know, not all this water is going to end up in these reservoirs. There's so much, it's going to run off and there's going to be floods and everything else. But this is California. Yeah. This is what California has done since we started recording yeah. stuff that was happening in California. Yeah. Right? It's the Golden State because it burns. This is the. And uh... it's. You know, this is the cycle in California. This is the this is the winter of eighteen forty six and forty seven. This, this is the Donner I, Party, man. I'm really sad for the loss of life that's been happening. There's been there's been some you know, and people have really struggled. This is the this is the this is the way California has always been. Say, man, you live in you live in the mountains. Right? Bad stuff's going to happen occasionally, just the way the world is. So. Um, but there's one thing that I thought was also pretty interesting about the whole situation in California. Apparently, Governor Newsom, Gavin, Governor Gavin, Governor Gavin, uh, sent out a press release on Thursday. Governor Newsom has left the state. This yep. was March second. Baja. Oh, and another news release, March fifth. Governor Newsom has returned to the state. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see any outrage? Did you see any like any anywhere? Did you see any no, discussion nobody, about no. Why about Governor be? Newsom leaving the state of California in a situation uh, where there's an unprecedented snow emergency and there's cold and there's power outs and everything else? Oh wait, no, that was Ted Cruz. Look, here's the bottom. That line. was Ted Cruz. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, here's the bottom line. I don't know how to say this nicely. Um, but it's the same reason why I got the French laundry thing wrong. <laughs> it's this. Literally, no one cares about California anymore. Is that why? It's a failed state, and we anticipate it's being a failed state. So people are like, eh. It, it's a little bit like Mexico. If I asked most Americans who's running Mexico, they'd be like, hell, I don't know. So Mexican, I actually I don't know, actually. I, just, I don't know who the president is. Me neither. Is. I know I he's a socialist. I think it's oh, over Or a door. communist. I think oh, it's yeah, over right. Right, yeah. right. If I asked If I asked Americans who's running California, they'd be like, I don't know. Some dude. Some Californian. Some loser. So anyway, so Go- Governor Gavin took a few days off, went down to Baja, 
recharges batteries. I wonder if it snowed in Baja. I bet you it didn't snow in Baja. So, uh, okay. So. I'd like to know where he stayed in Baja. Like at a private joint or like a villa, a hotel kind of thing? No idea. Somebody should no ask. Idea. Maybe he should cope, you know, be... He's also very busy tweeting about other governors in other states. Seriously, dude. His obsession with like red states is is it borderline is, fanatic. It is kind point. of silly. You got this. You got you got a storm that's actually threatening your state, and you you go, "Hey, I'm going to Baja." You're governor, unlike Ted Cruz. He's a senator. He's a what senator. All he does he is do? talk. Right. He's, he's, right. Writes he's, letters well, and like you know gives speeches. Send you strongly worded letters. I strongly, <laughs> I strongly object to this <laughs> winter storm. <laughs> I urge you I to... I insist that this snow stop immediately. <laughs> All right. So I put that Bernie hit in there because I... Yeah. I wrote here in my notes, does Mike does Mike McKenna endorse this? I'm not sure he's wrong. Let me say it this way. I mean, Bernie talks way too much. He's a New Yeah, we had to edit that out. It was too long. We just, you know, it, the it, same old talking points about how everyone's doing worse. And everyone's and billionaire. Blah, 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 blah. Like I said, he talks too much. Yeah. He's a New Yorker. But the fundamental, the fundamental is, is that he, you have said this on, on this show. After a certain amount, you should be capped. You should be done. Well, I want to say it carefully. Um, the people who make the money are generally not my problem. It's the people who inherit the money who are my problem. Um, if, if, you know, when Steve Jobs was alive, no problem. He was a gajillionaire. He basically plowed the money back into the operation or other stuff that he thought was interesting. For the most part, Good. sure. Absolutely. He dies. His widow is what? Plowed the money into basically various, various collective enterprises, right? Um, none of which served the national yeah, interest in a long run. CEO su- successor has not. Right. Well, I don't know, care really... about the CEO successor. I care about, let's just talk about jobs as personal money, right? Yeah. Yeah. The experience in America is this. The people who make the money are fine. The people who inherit the money are terrible. So my policy has been, my, my preferred policy has always been every dollar after billion, after the billion dollar, the billionth dollar should not be able to get passed along. Okay, but where does it go? Because if you give it to I the don't federal care. government, it, get, they aren't going to do anything. Yes, they are. It. And here's the difference. Here's an important difference. If Steve, let's just say Steve Jobs, $20 billion, right? If the federal government had taken $19 billion of those dollars, they would have blown them instantly like the drunken sailors that they are. Okay, but, and they would but have done the it federal government some... is doing stuff like paying companies to build plants Who cares? and, 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 and give plowing more money Here's into Here's the their... problem. Here's the problem. The problem is, is that if they didn't, if they, when they don't take it, that $19 billion- Why don't we give it to Catholic charities no. instead? No. No. That's the point I'm trying to explain to you. People who do not earn the money do not respect what it takes to earn it. It doesn't matter who they are. Okay, but where is it going to go then? To the government. Well, but the, you, the you government, just proved my point. They, yeah, the they do is, the exact same here's thing. Here's the difference. You keep interrupting what I'm trying to say. The difference. The difference is the government blows it once and then it's over. They buy some. They buy some people some food stamps. They buy some other people some weapon systems. And then it's done. The money's not out there anymore doing destructive things. But when you give it to people like Laureen Jobs, when you give it to people like Catholic Charities, they turn around, they lobby for more money. And that money becomes a destructive feature in American political life. And we haven't talked about that enough. So so democracy is the worst form of government except all the others. Democracy's fine. You know, that was Churchill. Yeah, yeah. But, but giving that money to the federal government is the least best. Damaging, yes. Best 
uh, option. The least worst option. All, the least worst option. Yes. But I, I don't know. I have to, I have it's to the least worst that. option. I know. I have to think about that a lot. But I will, I I mean, will I, say I, this. I don't, I don't want to take it from the guys who are making it now. I, I, the guys who are making it now, they earned it, deserve it, the whole bit. But the inheritors, yeah, we should I'll, do I'll something I'll say about two those quick guys. things about this first. I'm starting to come around to the idea that we should cut out the, to some extent, start cutting out. I'm going to get butchered for this, but I don't know what system is worse. A system where Secretary Jenny takes money from taxpayers and then gives it to her friends. Yes. In the induction stove industry. Yeah. Or if we just give it to people straight up. Yeah. Like. Yes. Just give it to them. Yes. Just, just. Just give, give go straight into their pockets, yes. like right back to them. I have no, there's no doubt in my mind. Wash it, don't wash it. Just, just run it right back. If you, if you have, and the the person, the, the party in power gets to pick their friends that they give it to. Oh, I don't. Their know. constituencies that they give it to. No, I, right. I have a different. I have a different thought. Spend the money on defense and and security, and maybe roads, maybe roads, and then everything else you should give back. You know the other the other five trillion dollars the government takes every year, turn around and stroke everybody a check. So how it do would you, be much okay, less. Corrupt. We're not going to get. We're not going to solve how to. We're do not. That, but right? it would be much less. I, corrupt but I am. Now. I'm much more of the. And if we're going to do that, we'll take it to the next level and do a flat tax. Well, yeah, I'm okay with because Bernie tax. can get his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm okay with the flat get tax. His billionaires. The, the problem with the flat tax is, um, defining what income is. Yeah, because billionaires are going to define their income to be zero, like they do now. Yeah, that's like Bill true Gates, too. right? You yeah, think maybe, about maybe we get rid of the uh, it, income tax. I'm just telling you, it it you want to just minimize, do a flat tax. Yeah, I'm fine with flat tax. Flat tax. You minimize you flat want tax minimize. on well. All right, we're not going to solve all this tax stuff. We got a lot of show to cover, including a great interview we're, to be continued. We will do this. We're never we going will to be de- con- deep dive tax policy. We're never going to be confirmed to any federal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought about that the other day. I'm like, the, uh, we'll get into it with Joe Manchin. Nowadays, everyone combs through everything everyone says, mm-hmm. and, and we are just completely toast. So I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm happy as the president of the American Energy Alliance. I, I'm perfectly content. All my supporters out there, keep it coming. We'll continue to be the the voice of truth and, I would and wanna, reason here in, in Washington. I wouldn't want to be a part of any club that would happen. Pay to play. Is this pay? Is CPAC pay to play? Vivek Ramaswamy says he got offered money to get no, uh, no, no. bumped he, up. He, he, a consultant called and said, give us money and we'll help get, bump you up in the straw poll. It was the number that they said. Did you, did you catch the couple numbers? hundred thousand. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Give us a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah. maybe, maybe we're in the wrong line of work here. What? I could probably do that, rig that straw poll for as little as 50 grand. A, C- a CPAC spokesman responded to Ramaswamy's allegations in a statement delivered to Mediaite, which is the, yeah. the uh, publication they reported. Washington, D.C. is riddled <laughs> with unscrupulous consultants True. who make false claims, yeah. including this one. I. Here's how a straw poll works. It takes organization and our popularity for a candidate to do well. One thing is yeah. enduringly true about presidential politics. It takes both to get to Oval. Who? That was to a, the Oval Office. That was, okay, was that the whole quote? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just assume that that was Matt because um, that nobody else would say to get to the Oval Office with a straight face. Um, yeah, That's and what this guy was what, or woman was telling – Vivek is that 
give me a bunch of money and I'll organize people for you. It, you know, it, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. But um, I was stunned by the amount of money. Yeah. And I was stunned by the um, the good cynicism, cynicism of it. Right. I'm just like, give me a batch of money. I make it. I'll make it. <laughs> right. I'll jack it. I was just I'll like, jack the box for you at the CPAC. Right. I was right. like, I. It, and now, of course, I'm wondering <laughs> who. Yeah. Who? Right. Who is that mystery consultant? Because there could only be about 10 or 12, top end, maybe as few as two or three who could like even remotely claim that. And, you know, Vivek, I was hoping he was going to be a different kind of guy. And this is different. And he has, in fact, made the rightward post. And we'll talk about that in a second. But he's kind of playing the same old game by not naming the guy. Yeah. I'm like, dude, just name the guy. Don't yeah. don't tell us this. Don't well, tease us with this He says stuff. one thing I'm going to do is tell people how the sausage is made. Flotus... The first lady of the United States. Doctor first lady. Doctor Flotus. Doctor Flotus. She she was a little bit offended by the question about Joe Biden's <laughs> age. And by the way, how many 30-year-olds can fly on Air Force One to Poland, then get on a train, have a meeting, and then have another meeting? I, I uh, How meetings. many 30-year-olds can do that? Every single one that I know. I don't know. I mean, um, I know that the conditions are horrible on a trip this, like that. This is, why, right? this is why I'll never be a journalist because <laughs> my first question back to her would be like, okay, uh, how long did he nap on the flight over? How long did he sleep on the flight over? Uh, give me a number. Eight hours? All eight hours? I, six I, all hours? I know is there's just no 30-year-old. There's no way you could possibly, do it. I could possibly slumber He's just a, on Air Force One he's just on his a, way to Poland. He's just an enormously powerful individual. Um, that's all. All right. So Chuck Schumer is really mad. He's Senator Schumer is really oh, upset about Tucker Carlson, which, which, and which, he <laughs> thinks that in order to preserve our democracy, that his, Tucker's boss should censor him. You know, it's funny. It's funny you said that. That is exactly what he said for the sake of democracy. Because literally, look at what I wrote. Look at what note I wrote. When democracy. I was Demands, demands censorship. That's exactly what he's arguing. Democracy, in this case, demands censorship. I, I, wow. I, the whole thing is just the 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 people who have responded negatively have been almost as interesting as the revelations on the tapes themselves. Well, listen, this is not a new – this isn't like uh, – like I've seen this footage. It's pretty well worked. I was sitting at my home office during the day and I had C-SPAN on and Greta, our friend Greta – Yeah was talking to, you know, Democrat line, Republican line, and they were showing the video in the rotunda of these people walking, walking the rope around. line, walking inside the rope yeah. line, stopping, taking the cops on either side. Like, it's not like it was like, that's why when I saw it, I said, boy, there's some real noodle heads in that crew but for the most part they're giving them tours of the capital yeah and then at some point they got they cut it off yeah they cut off the video of of what we just what what mccarthy gave tucker which by the way speaker mccarthy said he will give it to any reporter anyone in the media that asks for it so just the media doesn't care about this story, right of course you know tucker's the only guy who's going to track this thing down it it to your point I get the feeling this whole thing was, um, I don't want to say largely peaceful because it wasn't largely peaceful, but it was 
a non-event until it got until some some agitators showed up and and made things agitated things right um and that's some nuance right that requires some nuance and I'll, I'll, you've heard me say this before i'll say it again that's why we have the judicial system ladies and gentlemen because it has the ability to determine facts and then apply law to those facts and appropriately sanction the people involved and appropriately not sanction the people not involved. And this is your daily reminder that no one has been charged with insurrection yet. Not a single blessed soul. The, the footage that I saw in C-SPAN was, was a reflection of the footage that Tucker said has never been before been seen. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I would say that if I were one, that at some point C-SPAN was ordered to shut that camera angle off. Maybe. Maybe. It, it, okay, like Tip O'Neill, remember when he yeah. I mean, here's told what... the cameras to pan the, the empty chamber when Newt was railing on him? I, I don't... 100% of the footage should be available to everybody. I assume... Well, he, And assume... 100% of the media should comb through the footage... Who, who covers this stuff and cover it accurately. Yeah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. I, it, regardless of what it is. And also all those J6 defendants that are out there, there's still a lot of them still sitting, should have access to all of these videos. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure their, their lawyers, their lawyers. I'm, I'm sure their lawyers are going to, are going to, are going to um, so, make I, motions look, on this that. This whole thing was crap. It was lame. But this narrative of the worst Attacks and greatest the civil threat, war. greatest threat to democracy since the, uh, democracy since the civil war. So, um, two things real quick about that. Not not about attacks on democracy, but but so we got forty four thousand hours of tape. Um, that's the a, most that's like the most evidence of any event. Like yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of tape on this. It would take just working forty hours a week. You do the math. It would take you twenty weeks to go through it. Right, um, twenty full weeks of like full time weeks to go through it. Just one guy. So there's more to come. We're going to get a lot more on this. That's thing one. Thing two is this threat to democracy. Um, there are three things. Thing two is um, Senator Schumer is a fairly dangerous individual. He has, in just in the last couple of years, he has threatened violence on Supreme, Supreme Court, Court justices, justices. And he has now essentially called for Sent, not essentially, he has called for censorship of things that are legal and not classified. Um, I don't know how that's not a violation of his oath to uphold the Constitution, just like I don't know how calling for violence on Supreme Court justices isn't a violation of his oath of office. And I think it would behoove Senate Republican leadership to start to ask these questions and put some distance between themselves and Senator Schumer. Well, yeah, but then, of Which course, is contrary to what Senator McConnell did. I was did. just going to say, McConnell and a couple others. Um, Given a choice between embracing Senator Schumer and embracing Tucker Carlson, I, just only one just, of those guys has violated just, an oath just, of office. Just, just say we should, be, we should have access to all the tapes Everyone should be able to witness all the tapes. I don't think and I don't, order should be able to I don't to think, have that access. I don't think the Senate guys want that. I think they just want the whole thing to go away. Kevin Kramer even was chippy on right. it. Right, Kramer, um, who's uh, Thune, also chippy. I, I, I Graham even. I'm so. I'm very concerned about Senate Republican leadership. Last thought on this topic. Yeah. Um, our press secretary, ladies and gentlemen, 
is wrong, uh, or at least not contextual. Greatest threat to democracy, and this is, I realize, an ugly thing for our friends in the Democratic Party. Greatest threat to democracy, at least in the last hundred years. I don't know about the Civil War, but at least in the last hundred years, internment of Japanese in World War II. We put people in camps for no reason. We put people in camps where they died for no reason. And uh, we under, got a, under a Democrat. We president. got a great big giant monument to the guy who did it yeah. out there on the title pool. It's the worst monument. The title base. It is a terrible it's monument. It's sprawling. It's ugly. But it's a sprawling like display of nothingness. We do. We do it's ugly just, now. Yeah. It is for you know progressive yeah. love. I hate so, war. So so my so, favorite one is the the all the blocks there and the the blocks. I hate war. Yeah. Um, so, so Franklin Delano Roosevelt, ladies and gentlemen, was the greatest threat. Woodrow to Wilson in my did life. some pretty wicked stuff. Yeah, too. but he never sent people to camps. True. Throughout the entire sweep of American history, there's only two groups of people. Two, two people, two, not seven, two, who have put people in jail without any kind of cause or um, reason. One of them's Franklin Roosevelt. The other is Nancy Pelosi. No. No, no, don't do it. Don't say it. The other, the other is Illinois. Producer whispered Lincoln. <laughs> That's the correct answer, ladies right, and gentlemen. Um, so the DC, the DC crime thing. Uh, first of all, it's not a state, <laughs> and it's not a city. <laughs> so I'm not sure what DC is anymore. Uh, it's not statehood. <laughs> uh, she's the press secretary. She's supposed to have the gift of gab. So we'll we'll, we'll set that aside. This is all very interesting because did the Senate vote yet? They're voting today, right? Have they voted already? Oh, I don't know if it's calendared up. They haven't voted yet. I don't know. It's, if it's, it's scheduled it today? for today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, s s speaking of Senator Schumer, they're gonna, they're gonna get he's 70. voting for it. They're going to get 75, 80 votes Manchin for it. Manchin already came out very early in favor well, no, of The it. president has rolled over and oh, yeah. played dead yeah. so, on it. So the gonna, interest, a couple the, interesting the only, things. The only guys who are stuck are those poor chumps in the house. A couple <laughs> interesting things about the house guys are hopping mad. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> they're hopping because they whipped this. They should be. They whipped this. Yeah. I mean, they're 30. And they let, like, some of their vulnerables they go. They let 31 guys they, go. They, but they whipped it so that the numbers weren't, like, veto-proof. Right? You know the interesting thing is? And they just got sideswiped. The Democrats in Northern Virginia all voted against it. I'm like, now where are you? Yeah. Now where they are you, boys? Yeah, yep. man. So- Anyways, and then, of course, the d district is like saying, well, we we just we, we changed our mind. Like they're trying to prevent the vote from actually happening. Right. Well, my favorite was Phil Mendelson, a guy who wrote on the city council yeah. yesterday. He said, yeah, I think we have a messaging problem yeah. on the bill. <laughs> For those. <laughs> I was just like, we talked about this sure. a little bit last week. This is basically they, they call it the carjacking. Deal, but it has to do with lots of crimes and everything in D.C. that they basically were going to like let people off with a slap in the wrist. So, so I want to praise the 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 person in the 1970s who who had the wisdom to say that if if it comes to the penal code, it will take a simple majority. It's a privilege okay, resolution. Thank you. I got thank in you. The Home Rule Act. 
Thank you. That is why that the Republicans can bring this up because it has to do with the the, the district penal code. So some smart senator or House member or a couple of few said, "Okay, we're going to let them pretty much be on their own except for this. I got that question from a reporter about a week ago. Like, why was why is this privilege and no the other stuff on on home rule isn't? Yes. I was like, I had no idea. That's the reason. Thank you. Because they they carved it out in the in the Home Rule Act. Smart. Smart folks. All right, so that's going to pass, and Biden Biden's going to vote. Biden's going to approve it, um, and the, the district will not uh, be able to move forward with their plan to basically let carjackers continue. To I wonder if he's going to have a signing go ceremony. Free. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm, I'm looking forward to his veto on ESG. I haven't heard it ha- hasn't happened yet. So yeah. All right, um, Kamala asked her mommy what. What it means to what does it mean? Why why are conservatives bad, mommy? <laughs> in the in the in the on the on the list of things that never happened, put this one near the top. Why are conservatives bad? And by the way, just going back to the crime thing real quick. Lori Lightfoot didn't even make the runoff in I Chicago. Know. Thank goodness. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is real. This is real at like this is real sort of re- response to the, the the actions of the past couple few years with the DAs and everything else, right? Like, as you have said, creating a culture of lawlessness, yeah, tolerance for lawlessness, yeah. and the crescendo impact that it has, right? Nobody likes to be afraid. So, Nobody likes to be afraid, and you can't live in fear constantly. You will eventually do something to solve the problem. All right, um, announcements. What do you got? Announcements. Yep, we're on to the announcements portion of the show i'm sure i'm supposed to say something nice about somebody now but i can't remember who so i guess i have no announcements i have one announcement uh at some point in the show we are going to airdrop the really excellent interview that you my co-host mike mckenna had with alaska governor mike dunleavy who i didn't know he was a son of scranton another yeah. son of scranton yeah it- I guess he doesn't advertise it as much as the other. The well, other he, was, guy does. He, he was kind of he was kind of making a little fun. Yeah, of Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a good interview. I hope everybody yeah, likes it. He, yeah, he, well, he's yeah. a good guy. Absolutely, great interview. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, I didn't ask him about ranked choice voting, so I'm kind of annoyed about that. I just totally freaking forgot. But first, this day in history. Oh boy. Okay, let's have it. What is it? What is it? What, what is it? The eighth. The eighth. Sixteen. 69, 1669. I'll give you one hint. Yeah. It's the mother country. It's my homeland. It involves my homeland. Sicily becomes independent. No. The island began to rumble. Oh, there was an earthquake in Mount Mount Etna. Mount Etna. I wouldn't have gotten that. The eruptions over the uh, over the few weeks after today killed more than twenty thousand people. Most uh, could have saved themselves by fleeing, but they said, "No, nah, I'm staying." You're fine. We're in the middle of lunch. Right? We can't go. <laughs> right? We, we... So, so here's the interesting. Are part Are you kidding about me? This. I sweated over this food all day. You're gonna eat. the The interesting part about this is uh, the city of Catania which had the bulk of the residents yeah. pass away, they, led by a team of 50 men, 
worked their way to the mountain where they attempted to divert the lava flow to a neighboring town. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the neighboring town. Oh, boy. Paterno fought back by diverting the lava flow back to Catania. So these Italian towns were literally like trying to divert the lava flow to each other's town. Of course, it ended up burying Catania and killing all those people. Ladies and gentlemen. But it was declared, <laughs> after that, it was declared in a law that it was illegal to, illegal to, to interfere with the natural flow of lava of lava a law which still stands today in this in the country of italy ladies and gentlemen it's a good thing the italians <laughs> can't, like, can't get out of their can own you way see this can you just see this like yes i can move in the, the lava all right uh, 1957 I, I, I grew up in new york city so yes i yeah, can totally. see this yes 1957 this is also uh, uh, in another country, March but not 8, Italy. 1957. I brought this up because Sputnik. I brought this up because of a client of yours. Uh, in 1957, Egypt closed the Suez Canal. Opened, reopened the, Suez the, reopened Canal. the Suez Canal after the 56. After the 56 thing. Yes. Yes. Correct. Reopened the U.S. Canal following Israel's withdrawal. Yeah. From occupied Egyptian territory, the Suez Canal is reopened to international traffic. Yeah, I wouldn't ever. I wouldn't have gotten that in a hundred years. All right. Lastly, in 2014, do you want me to tell you the story about that company real quick? I will. Sure. Yeah. yeah happy. Um, happy to. There was this company called Suez. Yeah. Which anytime I went into um, offices, I used to represent. Anytime I went into congressional offices or administration offices, people would invariably say. Suez, like the canal? I'd be like, yeah, they they built it. You know, like 100 years. Yeah, you couldn't. And then all of a sudden, it conjures up images of competency. Right. Like, good stuff. Right. Right. It you was know, just, like, it's marketing genius. Everybody all Marketing the, genius. Everybody was just like, oh. And, like, whatever words we were telling them, they would listen because they figured these guys have been around for 100 years. They built you know, complicated up, stuff. Suez yeah, canal. so, of course, they changed the name after they after, – they changed the name as soon as they got bought by um, some Belgian – electricity company they changed the name to tractabel which um of course one of my friends who worked in the company immediately twisted to tractor pull and you know then and all of a sudden it became a yeah that company with the goofy name right right? it became progressively worse and worse and worse marketing marketing who the hell has a name like suez and changes marketing fail god almighty sorry okay let's keep that's going. cool that's cool okay one more and this is 2014 and you're not going to guess this one either but it's a funky situation 2014 march 8th i was alive yeah. then yeah 2014 this uh, involves an air flight was this the golfer who died the guys who died no it wasn't Payne stewart okay no, i think i was 09 or 10 uh, or something you got me it's all malaysia airline flight vanishes Oh, that's right. Was that them? Yeah. Oh. On March 8, 2014, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, carrying 227 passengers and 12 crew members, loses contact with air traffic control less than an hour after taking off from Kuala Lumpur, then veers off course and disappears. Did they ever find them? Most of the plane and everyone on board are never seen again. I assume they went into the ocean or into a mountain somewhere? Wow. I remember that. I remember it was like for three days, four days, and then something else happened. My guess is probably somebody demanded some censorship of it. Australian officials involved in the investigation said radar records suggested Flight 370 likely was flying on autopilot for hours. 
before it ran out of fuel and crashed into the southern Indian Ocean. So they had some kind of decompression, so depressurization. Something, the, something killed like everyone on the plane, maybe. Yeah, and depress- just kept flying. The cabin depressurized, and everybody got sucked yeah. out of the plane. So, which is bad. So, couple of depressing this days in well, history. Thanks, Twenty thousand people perish in Italy thanks. after trying to divert a lava flow at an airline. I was going to say, at least I didn't try to divert the lava flow. All right, where do you want to start today? I got, a, I got a quite a few things. Let's rip through them. Let's do it. Okay, first, uh, I've got masks and vaccine mandates. Go ahead. All right, the first one that struck me as ironic and a little bit ridiculous was from the New York Times. This was yesterday. Mayor Adams to New York City shoppers, drop the mask. Uh (laughs) So now the mayor is making it, we're putting it out a, a clear call to all of our shops. Do not allow people to enter the store without taking off their face mask. And once they're inside, then they can continue to wear it if they so desire. Okay. So. I I don't understand any of that, but I didn't understand any of it originally. So good for Mayor Adams. I assume between this and School of Prayer, he's running for some office somewhere, not the mayor. Not the Let's mayor be York. clear. Some of the characters going into stores that are wearing their masks, they're not doing it because they're afraid of the pandemic. They're doing it because they're afraid of the police, the mayor said in a television interview. We need to stop allowing them to exploit the safety of the pandemic by wearing masks and committing crimes. They're not exploiting the pan- pandemic. They're exploiting your idiocy about the pandemic. So now masks, man, the mask mandate has now been reversed that you are not allowed to wear the mask mandate when you go into a store. You know, that law still on Virginia books. It's against the law to wear a mask and a hood. Okay, so there's that. Looking forward to that. <clears> and first. then there's this. Yes. By the way, I wore the Metro yesterday. I would say fully half the people had their masks on. I'm like, you should worry about all the surfaces you're touching. Forget the masks. And then there's this from CBS Sports. March 6th. Novak Djokovic withdraws from Indian Wells after being denied COVID-19 vaccine waiver. Yeah. Djokovic, who is not vaccinated against COVID-19, hasn't competed in the American tournament since 2019. Now, Ron DeSantis, of course, is yeah, in the middle of this. Let him play. Pens a letter to Biden on Djokovic's denial of entry over vaccine. And he's asking in the letter, he's asking Biden to rule as to whether or not he can come by boat. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so I, it's I, like, I, all right. The, the other thing is, is Djokovic had COVID. Yeah. I, well, I don't get why. Why does he just do what everybody else is doing? Go down to go down to Mexico and walk over the border. <laughs> Two hundred thousand people are doing it every month, dude. Just you, you get in a car, drive away. Nobody even care. So, mask mandate to wear one. Mask mandate not to wear one. The the pandemic is over, according to Joe Biden. But yet the vax the 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 uh, ma- the requirement that you be vaccinated to enter the country is still intact. Djokovic had COVID, and yet they still won't let him play. You know, in the if DeSantis had a sense of humor, he'd say, "Look, why don't we just do what they do in New York? He can take his mask off as he comes into the country <laughs> and put it back on when he gets in the country." I, you know, I got a <laughs> strange like, feeling they just don't want him to win any tournaments. I don't really care about. I mean, it's hard so. for me to feel bad for a cajillionaire who's tall and good looking, um, but you know, 
I, I take the point. I mean, like I said, if you had a sense of humor, you'd just head on down to Matamoros and walk across the border. All right, should we get to the interview? Yeah, why not? All right, let's do that now. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the interview with Governor Dunleavy of Alaska and your very own Mike McKenna. I'm here today with the governor of uh, Alaska, Mike Dunleavy. Mike, um, Governor, tell us about yourself. Well, it's great to be here. Um, so I came from a little town called Scranton, Pennsylvania. Some may know that there's other folks that have come there as well. And it was a, uh, at one time, it was a, a, a pretty robust uh, anthracite coal mining town in eastern Pennsylvania. And uh, left in the early 80s after college to go to Alaska. Always wanted to go to Alaska. Always loved the outdoors. And uh, when I got there, I thought I died and went to heaven and still feel that way today. Very good. Um, where'd you go to college? A little, a little Catholic college called College of Misericordia, just north of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, in uh, Dallas, PA. Ladies and gentlemen, that's run by the Sisters of uh, Mercy. Mercy. So um, send them cash if you got it, because they always need it. Um, so yeah. There you go. I know a little something about everything. There you go. Um, I'm going to read you a quote, and I want you to tell me who said it. Okay. If you care about the environment, we need to produce resources in Alaska. If you care about social justice, we need to produce resources here in Alaska. If you care about enriching people and not dictators, we need to produce resources here in Alaska. That would be a very tall governor from Alaska named Mike Dunleavy. That is, um, I believe that is without a doubt the most clinical and concise summation of our situation at the moment. Why don't you talk about that for just a second? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, um, we have uh, what we believe is, we, we unfortunately, the uh, federal government under this administration has declared war in Alaska. And what I mean by that is we have at least 42 actions uh, against us by the Biden administration since he came into office. Everything from closing the Tongass, stopping Anwar, which, by the way, we believe is against the law since that was in a 2017 bill that was passed under President Trump. I hope so. Uh, Ambler Road to the Ambler Mining District, King Cove Road. Uh, uh, the list goes on and on and on. And um, I, I think if you really take an objective look at how we're treated by our federal government, uh, one could uh, quickly uh, surmise that we, uh, we are actually treated worse than some foreign nations such as Venezuela and Iran. Uh, we, uh, we are being sanctioned constantly in an attempt, I believe, to bring us to our knees. And so we, we have to fight back continually. Now, it's interesting because they want to save Alaska to save, quote, the environment. But what happens is when you don't produce in the United States, you don't produce in Alaska, you don't mine, you don't produce oil, you don't uh, take down trees, it's going to happen somewhere. So when it happens overseas, there's no environmental, uh, environmental protections like we have here in the United States or in Alaska overseas. So we here in the United States, we don't do child labor like they do in some other places. We don't prop up dictators like they do in some other places. We care more about the environment uh, than other places. And so instead of offshoring our wealth, our jobs, our national security, we just have a simple mes message. Why don't we just do it here and do it right? That's crazy talk, Governor. Yeah, now it is. Apparently. I appreciate that. Um, all right, I'm just going to go through these projects real quick. I want you to give me like your 30 seconds. I know you could give me 45 minutes on each one, but... Um, Ambler Road. Tell me about that. Uh, it's roughly a 200-mile road uh, connecting with the uh, uh, Dalton Highway. It's in uh, northern and northwest Alaska. It would go to a mining district called the Ambler Mining District, which has um, countless uh, different types of minerals. And this, this, uh, this mine, this road is being questioned once again by the federal government, BLM, and others. Yeah. Let's be clear. It's a road. It, it, it's not a 
airport. It's a road. Um, it's a it's a two four whatever it is lane highway. Um, one lane gravel one lane, road. One gravel is that what we're basically? I just read an article on it. It didn't mention that. I was like, I went through back and forth and back and forth. Through. I'm like, I wonder how big this thing is. Um, Willow Bay. Oh, Willow. Yeah, Willow. Willow. Willow's in uh, NPR, the National, uh, get this, the National Petroleum Reserve, right? Land reserve for oil. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the National Petroleum Reserve is in Indiana, is about the size of the state of Indiana. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go exactly. And it was put in place by uh, uh, President Harding way back, way back in the uh, 20s, early 20s before he passed away. Um, and so it was reserved to drill for oil. And um, that's what we're doing under all of the uh, uh, current standards and laws. Yet there was a judge that said that the, uh, the EIS had to be revisited because it didn't account for downstream carbon, which is a new concept to stop projects. What does that mean? Well, we didn't take into account that once you sell the oil, maybe you sell it to some uh, foreign concern or in lower 48 when they burn it. Apparently, it was uh, was the job of ConocoPhillips to determine how much carbon would, would be released in the air. So they're trying to kill that by whittling down the number of platforms, pads, I should say, from five to two. And once you do that, it becomes uneconomic. That's right. Um, the the company has said they what need three minimum. Yes, three drilling pads. Yes. Um, for those of us who live on the <clears throat> East Coast, how big is a drilling pad? Oh boy, um, I, I don't know the exact uh, I don't know the exact uh, dimensions, but it's uh, surprisingly exceedingly small, uh, and just the opposite of what folks want to imagine. I, I'll be, be able to do it better this way: Anwar, if yeah. Anwar was the size of a football field, yeah, the area that we want to drill in in Anwar would be the size of a postage stamp. That's the footprint. Yeah, it's a uh, you know drilling pad is nothing. Yeah, it, it size of size of a couple of football fields put next to each other. But you're run of the mill high school, right? Top yeah, end, yeah. top end. Yeah. Um, um, I want to talk about taps for one second. Um, you know, it was used to run at about two million barrels a day. Now it's running about five hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, it's it. Is that because we've run out of oil in Alaska, or is it something else? No, what we 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 ran out of the uh, easy easy oil, uh, but we have billions and billions and billions of barrels of oil left, and so that's where Willow, if the Willow project would pump their oil into that pipeline, the uh, uh, oil that would come from Anwar would go into that pipeline. There's a play called Pika that would go into that pipeline. So just between Willow and Pika, you're looking at the potential of an extra 250,000 barrels of oil, which would jack this up to 750,000 barrels right out of the gate, let alone Anwar and the other finds, uh, uh, other plays that we believe are out there. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, for purposes of comparison, please remember the United States consumes uh, about 19 million barrels of oil a day. Oil a day. Mm -hmm. So, so 750,000, a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not a little. It's a lot. Um, uh, this is not a trick question. I'm just trying to see if, you, if you're aware of this yet. The National Marine Fisheries uh, Service uh, recently designated an area in Alaska the size of Texas as critical habitat for seals. I don't know if you saw yeah, that or not. Yeah, we did see that on land and off land. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, um, I lived in the Arctic for almost 20 years. My wife is Eskimo. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the folks that hunt seals, obviously. Um this is just, in our opinion, this is just another another attempt to use uh, the wildlife as an excuse to close off any activities. And here's the sad part, and this is something you won't hear about the Biden administration. Uh, these these decisions are really impacting the poorest of the poor in Alaska, who are mostly Native people. 
Anwar is in the ancestral homelands of the Inupiaq Eskimos. These uh, closed off areas now regarding water and land because of the seals, this is homelands of the Eskimos. Um, my wife is one, and her mother was born in a fish camp way upriver, uh, very poor. These resource plays, such as Prudhoe Bay and others, have transformed those societies tremendously and for the better, healthcare-wise, education-wise, job-wise. And so when these things happen, it doesn't, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't just, quote, uh, impact the environment overseas. It impacts the lives of Americans here at home. Yeah, you, you, you literally just read off my last question. I, a friend of mine from Alaska pointed that what you just said out, uh, and he ended with a question. Um, do you think Team Biden gets any of that? Do you think they understand I don't who, think who they, actually no, gets I think, affected? I, I think it's worse. I think they get it and they don't care. I think right now, worshiping at the altar of extreme environmentalism is all that matters. People don't. It's causes for these folks, not individuals, not individual lives, uh, not the future of kids or grandkids or the country. It's causes. And the cause right now, above anything and everything else, is social engineering through, uh, through extreme environmentalism. And that's what we're dealing with. We didn't run out of coal or oil or gas. Uh, we didn't have to go back to wind or uh, use solar because we ran out of these things. You're being artificially put out of business. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how to ask this question. I, I'm just going to tell you a story and you can comment on it. Um, this problem's starting to creep down into the lower 48. You probably missed it, but two months ago, a month ago, the uh, Biden administration um, set aside 225,000 acres uh, in northern Minnesota, right? Precluded, um, precluded them from being mined. Uh, about a month prior to that, they had, they, they, um, had a joint partnership. They acknowledged a joint partnership with a mine in Congo, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, it, it's almost like they want it to be overseas. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, great move, right? Uh, let's mine in the Congo where they use child labor and we prop up dictators in their civil wars. That makes a lot of sense. It, it, it wasn't accidental, right? The, two, the juxtaposition of them could not have been – I'm willing to, having, having worked in the Puzzle Palace I'm, a couple of times, I'm willing to understand that sometimes you get confused. But 30 days apart, somebody must have said, are we sure about this? Oh, and I'm sure the environmental regulations uh, will be – the standards will be much higher than here in the United States and the Congo. It, um, it's a huge problem. All right. Uh, in Washington, we always, both left and right, Republican and Democrat, me and everybody else, tends to think about Alaska as a um, natural resource state because it is. But I know there's other things going on in Alaska. Other than the resource stuff, what do you think about? Well, there, there's all kinds of things happening in Alaska. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that we have our own private rocket launch that launches satellites into space. We right. have that on Kodiak Island. I didn't know that. Uh, folks don't realize that uh, the uh, Ted Stevens International Airport is the second busiest in the United States for cargo and fourth busiest in the entire world because we are nine hours from every industrialized place in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's growing rapidly. People don't realize that. Uh, I I'm sure people don't realize that we're really just two and a half miles from Russia. Uh, we have an island called Little Diomede with an Eskimo community, and two and a half miles away is Russian territory on Big Diomede, 50 miles between both uh, both mainlands. I don't think they realize that we're the furthest northern, western, and eastern state in the United States. We're so far west that um, we are f we are closer to Australia than California is. I mean, think about that for a moment. Really? Yes. Um, wow. And we are an eastern state because the Aleutians press across the international date line. 
Yes. I can go on and on and on, that but we, I, well, we have limited time. I, no, no, no. I, I, you know, like I said, we always think about it in very narrow pathways, and I'm, it's, it's a big state full of a lot of people. It must be doing a lot of things that we don't talk about, and that's something we don't think about here. And right? We also have probably more farmland than any other state. People don't realize that, uh, uh, areas that we can farm, and we're starting up some big agricultural projects. But we have – it's tremendous. The resource – uh, the resource potential and reality in Alaska is unlike any other. How many people in Alaska are there like you who struck out because it was the last frontier? They just wanted I to- I think a lot. Yeah. I, I think a lot. You know, our motto is one of the best in the country, north to the future. Yeah. I think there, I think a lot did. I mean, because Alaska really embodies the promise and hope of this country that uh, there's always a new opportunity. That was what Alaska was all about. And thanks to the uh, current administration, <laughs> uh, lots more people are wow, thinking about that. We got a lot that. of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. Um, okay, what about you? What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, Keeping in mind that you were, see if I get this right, you're the first governor reelected in what, 20, 25 odd years, something like that? 20 some years and first Republican reelected to two terms in 40 some years. Yeah. Um, I love this job. I mean, this is, this is a great state. It's a young state. It's um, it, in some ways, it's like an emerging economy. Uh, not a lot of infrastructure, but at the same time, it's America with our, our jurisprudence and w w it's American culture. Um, I love the job. It's um, it's a great job, and I'm going to enjoy the next four years and do everything I can to create and realize every opportunity there is for our kids, our grandkids, and um, do our part in making this country remain strong. Um. True or false governors are a lot better. Is it a lot better job than senator? Oh, somebody asked me this question once. I won't. I won't get into those <laughs> details. But the answer is yes. True. True. It's just yes. True. true. I, you know, I never true. known a governor who went became a senator is like, hey, this is a lot better. They're all like, I wish I was a governor. I deal again. with more issues in a day than I ever did in my entire career as a state senator. Boys and girls out there, if you have a chance, work at the state level. It's a lot better than working at the federal level. I'll tell you that right this second. What'd you give up for Lent? Ooh. Um, I was going to say politics, but that would have been impossible. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, that's a, that's a, that's kind of a secret between me and the Lord. Yep. Um, but, um, we're all, uh, we're all striving to be a, a more perfect person. And, um, I continually have those conversations with, uh, with the man above. Let's hope so. Um, all right. You've been very generous. I know you got other places to be and go. What, um, what have I not asked what have I not asked that I should have asked you? Or what do you want to say that you didn't get a chance well, to Well, I would to, just say that say. Alaska, unlike any other state, was allowed to come into the union as the 49th state under the preconditions. This is by the federal government. Under the preconditions that we develop our resources to pay for ourselves. That's the irony about what's happening today. We're the only state that it was demanded that we collectivize our resources under the sovereign because the belief of federal officials was if we didn't develop those resources we would be a burden on the country. They would have to subsidize the state of Alaska. The irony is they're not letting us develop those resources. They're shipping them overseas. If we were allowed to develop the resources by the standards, standards we have in place today, environmental standards, uh, we would be producing probably twice as much, three times as much of everything. We would be creating new wealth, new jobs, and new opportunities, not just for Alaska, but this country. So what we are dealing with is an artificial constraint, a social engineering approach to natural resources that, quite honestly, is devastating to Alaska and will be devastating to this country if left unchecked. Thank you. I remember what I wanted to ask. Um, <clears throat> what brings you to town? I think I know the answer 757. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The reason why we're laughing is because I had a vacant 
dead look when he said that because I'm not very bright. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I've got a number of meetings. We met with our federal delegation, uh, our two senators and our uh, uh, congresswoman, and um, meeting with other uh, congressmen, too, as well, and senators, too, to uh, talk about the same issues we're talking about and how we can make this country better and fight back against this insanity that's happening in the White House. Beautiful. I'm going to recommend that. If, I know you got a bunch of people already on schedule. If you get a chance, Pete Stauber. Pete Stauber. Yeah, he's the he's the guy from northern Minnesota who just— who, Oh, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, a union guy, mining, right? Yep. He's, he's a good guy yep. um, and, and one of the one of the clearer thinkers well, on a Republican. It's interesting side. to say that. I, I did neglect to tell you that uh, I have three daughters. Yeah. They're all miners. They, they, they work in the Red Dog Mine, which is the largest lead zinc mine in the world, uh, and they're Native Americans. My wife is Eskimo. And so it's a very interesting story about Alaska and resource development, and um, it impacts the poorest of the poor, and my wife's people— in many respects, have been lifted out of poverty as a result of this mine. They're not the right kind of poor people, apparently. No, they're not. Um, I, how can people get a hold of you? Do you do the Twitter thing or, or, the, or uh, the Instagram thing? I may start thing? doing it now since it's under new management. Yeah. Um, but uh, they can get a hold of us by just going to our website, and um, they can send us a message, and we'll have folks get back to them, or I'll get back to them personally. Beautiful. I cannot thank you enough, um, and I hope you come back and talk to us a little bit more. I will. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. All right, we're back. So, good guy. He's a very good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was in town to rally the troops. Really, ra- like, just very, very straight, straight-headed, straight yeah. very, like, you know, just not too rhetorical, just... No. Calls it like he sees it. I'm I'm impressed. I really uh, was. Yeah, I was I was prepared to I was prepared to, you know, think of him as just another head of hair, but he actually he he was fun and entertaining and and was we were quick because he came late and he was very apologetic about coming late and I was like, no, sorry. No, it was really good. And you yeah. did a good job. I think you, you all those uh questions that you know I sent you were probably yeah, really I'm helpful. Getting, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting better at this. You know, eventually eventually I have a full career as like an interviewer. All right, so I did not know about satellite launches on Kodiak Neither Island. Neither did I. I didn't know any of that stuff. Now, I've been to Kodiak Island, though. And yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely I didn't beautiful. know that Ted Stevens was like the, the fourth largest um, airport for yeah, freight. Yeah, I knew about freight. Yeah. Uh, like, well, yeah, yeah, I guess it makes perfect yeah, sense, yeah. right? Everything comes in and out yeah. from the eight from Asia. I, I didn't know they were closer to Australia than <clears throat> to Japan, Australia. I know they're close to Japan. I, I think they're closer to Australia than California, which I'm like, I didn't know that either. And, you know, and the thing is, I'm sure he gets... He gets asked all the time, hey, you know, whatever the latest problem right. is. The other thing that struck me is he had command of the taps. Right? Mm-hmm. He, he knew he knew the taps yeah, situation. Yeah, I was glad you asked that question because that's, that's something. I, I, that... I thought I was going to have to walk him into it, but he knew it right away. He's just like, hey, let me just tell you why this is important, right? So the other thing I did not know um, is about the conditions of entry into the union. Neither I was I. not aware of that. Me neither. It was interesting. Yeah. We got to get him up here to testify. Yeah. So I have been to the Red Dog Mine, though. Yes. Which was very cool. And I was surprised that his, all his daughters were yeah. working at the Red Dog Mine. That's a pretty rough place. It's, it's up in Kotzebue. It's, like, it, way up there. It, it, well, I mean, you know, his, his uh, wife is a Eskimo, yeah. right? And so they're natives, yeah, right? Yeah, there's probably part of that native corporation. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing. Right, so, which is very well run, by the way. It's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent facility. Yeah. And I will say that my last my last um, comment on the interview is that I agree. The Willow Project is the single biggest no brainer amongst all the no brainers that we have ever discussed. Yeah, I mean it is insane. It is in the place 
that Congress designated to produce oil for the for the military. Yeah, it it, it um, the administration is going to try to make them cancel it. Right? They don't want it. the administration is too chicken to cancel it themselves. They want they want um, ConocoPhillips to to pull the plug. Like, hey, three you know minimum three. We'll give them two and see what they do with it. And you know you're, these as I said as I said last week these pads they're not. We're not talking about pads like, you know, 50 square miles. We're talking about pads that get measured in square yards. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no logic or, or anything right. to any of that. It's crazy. It's, just... it's insane. <clears throat> the same with Ambler Road, right? Yeah. It, it, the whole thing is, is it must be frustrating as hell to be an Alaskan. It really must be because you spend your whole life getting told what you can do by people who don't. Well, one of the biggest problems, of course, is 3% of the land mass is, is in private hands. Yeah. Right? 97% is owned by some. Somebody. Entity, a state, federal, or local entity. Yeah, that 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 the conditions of entry. I'd like to find the legal part of that and see if we couldn't do some something to drive that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I agree with that. All right. So, um, speaking of oil, the majors are making a comeback. Don't call it a comeback, baby. Did you see this uh, in uh, Bloomberg the other day, a few days ago? Shell CEO says cutting oil and gas production is not healthy. Wow. What happened CEO to that Wales guy? Sawan says oil and gas demand is here to stay. And European oil majors are leaning into most profitable businesses. Shell's new boss said cutting oil and gas will be bad for consumers, sure. echoing a pivot by other majors towards fossil fuel energy security. Or as we like I'm of the view, firm view that the world will need oil and gas for a long time to come. Good for, so him. So Good for him or her. And then there was another piece. This is from Bloomberg also. Uh, Exxon has a message for Europe. Don't mess with oil and gas. CEO Woods, Darren Woods, says the continent's punitive measures against fossil fuels are prompting majors to reconsider and relocate their investments. And also there was a rumor that Shell was kicking the tires about moving their moving their headquarters out of Good. The Netherlands. Go to Florida. Or yeah, Texas. Florida's a good state. Or Oklahoma. Yeah, Florida's a good state. This is America. We take all Shell of Shell oil and Flo Shell in Florida. That would be interesting. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm totally in favor. So, Louisiana. Move to America. Now this wasn't on my list, but I want to rifle through this pretty quickly. Senator Manchin is either really pissed off at President Biden or He's really upset that he got rolled on his, <laughs> on his uh, you know. He's really upset he didn't read his own bill. Inflation Reduction re Retention Act. Act. Yes. In the last week, he has tubed two nominees, one for the FCC and one for um, the Internal Revenue Service. The yeah, most the FCC, uh, Gigi, Gigi Sohn, Sohn yeah. they were campaigning for 18 months. months. Yeah. To get her on the FCC, yeah. and now that that commission is deadlocked, and Warfel's and, and Warfel now they have no nobody in the IRS to run the IRA. Now this, to me, was definitely a a fix fix the crap in the bill that I that I either misread, or I I missed. It's a natural place. Or to I'm going to keep doing all. It's a of natural this, place right? to start. Yeah. The the other thing that's not there in public is that um, Joe Goffman the nominee for assistant administrator of air and radiation at EPA. Um, Joe had 
yet another hearing uh, a couple of weeks ago. Had his hearing, had his, he was supposed to be the subject of a business meeting today that got postponed. Yeah. So he's, so Joe, Joe's been waiting in line now. He's for, on a, he's on a, he's on a like Joe's, crusade right now. Joe's been waiting in line, I think for 20, 22 months, something like that. I'm like, and a friend of mine pointed this out to me yesterday. Joe Manchin, Senator Manchin has never voted for an assistant administrator for air and radiation. So, like, but se- Joe Manchin has, has been on the record and it was very clear that he thinks that, that president should be able to nominate who they want to. And is. Uh, up until more recently, has been pretty deferential. Guys, but always he's blowing that. this stuff up left and right yeah, well, these I, days. You know, so. I mean, the know. other thing he did was he came out with a statement because the, of course, Department of Interior put off the five-year plan yet again. Monday night, the Department of Interior made it painfully clear again they are putting their radical climate agenda ahead of our nation's energy security. And they are willing to go to great lengths to do it. Now, that doesn't sound like a Democrat. I was going to say, that sounds like one of our guys. Yeah, 100%. You, you, the, I, so. did not, I did not, I missed that Interior postponed that again. Yeah. I'm glad because I predicted they would, but I didn't, I missed it. Good. Good for me. Bad for them. All right, I got one more and then we can wrap it up unless Let's, you've got anything. Nope. Okay, so uh, this is from Power Mag. Yeah. You're going to love this. And my friend Mike, I'm giving kudos to Mike. Yeah. Vogel 3. Initial criticality. Reaches initial criticality, yep. marking pivotal nuclear startup milestone. Yep. I'm excited about that. So we've got, we finally have a new nuke in this country. <sighs> it is, it is in fact. Uh, here's about... a section of the article Long journey to the major milestone. This. Milestone is the latest of several achievements Southern has accomplished over the massive project's time frame to develop and build Vogel 3 and 4. However, Uh-oh. <laughs> However. delays have reportedly pushed project costs up to at least $30.3 billion, billion with a B, dollars. Yeah, look, you know, the thing is, nuclear plants are like gas pipelines. Sometimes they cost you a lot, but at the end of the day, you always make the money back. Okay, but how long did it take? To was it fifteen years? What is the what was the time run on that? On the Vogel thing? Yeah. How long have they been working on it? Yeah. Uh, McCain was our nominee in what two thousand eight? Yeah. Uh, it's been I think around two thousand eight. Eight eighteen twenty two. Yeah, fifteen years, years or so. Yeah, 15, that's about right. Fifteen years and thirty billion dollars later, criticality, baby. We've Mission accomplished, criticality-ish. Sort of. A couple more steps. Oh, we'll take it. We'll yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say. It's, well, it's, it's, better, it's better than not. How about if we say it that way? And for a close, we'll end with this. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. Episode number 123 in the books. Namaste. And life is 